0: Welcome everybody to Chumps of Champs Fantasy Football Podcast. Episode 14 is here. I am Danny Lutz. We're here as always with Matt Frederick and Scott Trosky. How are you boys?
1: Doing great, Danny. Wonderful.
0: Ready to talk some
1: football? Heck yeah. Running back too.
0: It's July 30th right now is when we're recording this episode. Guys, we are so close to draft season. Two days from now is August, and when I think of August, I think of draft season. How
1: pumped are you guys? Pretty pumped. And uh, speaking of that, Danny, uh, we just uh, agreed on to another uh, podcasters uh, fantasy league where we're Tell, us about, him. Tell us about it. Tell us about baby. Wednesday night next week, we'll be drafting. I think it's going to be a full PPR. Um, I think we're going to record it, try to get it out there for you guys to listen to live. So it should be a lot of fun. Awesome, awesome stuff. And we've got a mailbag question
0: this week, boys. Woo, 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 mailbag, mailbag, mailbag. From Ryan in Springfield. Thank you, Ryan. Ryan asks, keep trade cut. Oh, I love these. Keep trade cut. Tyler Lockett, Cortland Sutton, and Terry McLaurin. All really, really close together. That is a great question. What do you guys think? Scott, you want to go first?
2: Yeah, I'll go first. So I am going to go ahead and cut McLaurin just because... It's Washington. I know he had a good year last year, (laughs) but there's just uh, super rude. I'm just not a big fan of what they're going to do this year. I mean, I think I had him going 3-13, so I don't think he's going to put up phenomenal numbers. So I'm cutting him. I'm going to trade Lockett. I think he has the most value. I'm looking for Metcalf on Seattle. I just think he's going to have the better year. So I know Lockett has a lot of value, but I think he's – the one I would trade. And I'm keeping keepin Sutton. They got a good team. I know a Judy there that could pose a little bit of an infringement on his value. Or but can I help lo- him. Yeah, and I, I like Denver. I like what they're doing. So I'm going to go ahead and keep Sutton. Matt, what would you do?
1: Well, it's going to be annoying because I fall the same way. Um, I like McLaurin as a talent. Don't think he has much value in a trade. And I think that's going to be tough in Washington, so cutting him. I think Loggett's going to get a lot of targets. Uh, up in Seattle, but I just don't love him on a fantasy team, so I'm going to trade him. He does have pretty good value in fantasy. Sutton I still like, and I think people are kind of sleeping on him because they've added some pieces there. There's other weapons in the offense, but he's still the biggest wide receiver on the team, and I think he's going to be pretty effective this year. He has the most veteran leadership in that core, too. Change it up, Danny. What are you doing?
2: I'm mildly
0: different, yeah. I do still cut McLaurin because not, I actually really like Terry McLaurin. Um, it's just that in a comparison to the other two, he just happens to be the last one and he doesn't really have as much trade value as either one of those other guys, Tyler Lockett or Cortland Sutton. So it's just an easy cut there. It comes down to who would I keep and who would I trade. I would keep Tyler Lockett. I think that the Seahawks are going to ascend this year. And I do also really like DK Metcalf, but I like Tyler Lockett as well a lot. I think Cortland Sutton I think there's a lot of hype for him. I think there's a lot of trade value with Cortland Sutton because he had such a great year last year. He's still the number one guy and doesn't have as much competition, I guess you could say. I mean, maybe with Jerry Judy, yes. I think I can get more back with Cortland Sutton, and I kind of would rather have Lockett as well. Well, now I'm looking at my rankings. I've got Sutton higher. Well, that makes it even better to trade Cortland Sutton. More trade value with Sutton to me. I'll keep Tyler Lockett. He's a red zone threat. He's got Russell Wilson thrown into him compared to... Our boy, Drew Locke. Yeah, yeah, I
1: am a little bit different. There you go. With all this being said, I mean, it does show that we all like McClure, and so you can probably get him at a value this year, and who knows, maybe something clicks there with their situation. Um, maybe the new team just really brushes off the dust. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got to just literally
2: put up the same numbers as last year, and he's got a lot of value where he's going.
0: And um, the consensus rankings for the chumps. We've got Tyler Lockett and Cortland Sutton tied for 20 right now. that might change when we do our wide receiver rankings, but Ryan in Springfield, you knocked it out of the park. Cause I thought that was a great question. Well done. That's tough. Remember go to chumps and champs podcast.com to send in your questions or comments. And we will talk about it on air just like we did for Ryan. Thank you, Ryan, for doing that. Let's talk a little bit of news and notes before we get to our running back rankings. Uh, Dalvin cook. Bum, bum, bum. where he be? He's at camp.
2: Oh! Yeah.
0: Well, that's he, great. Yes, it is. I mean, a lot of uh, sighs of relief come with that one because Dalvin Cook is elite. What does this do to your rankings, Matt?
1: I think it kind of solidifies him there at the number four spot for me. I really like him right behind Kamara, right before, I guess, Henry Barkley. I have both behind him. I know other people are higher in Barkley, but I have Cook just... a I nudge above him, and I like him now. Scott, what's to do for you?
2: Yeah, I think I mentioned in the last episode that if he's there and he signs, <laughs> he jumps Kamara. He might still be behind McCaffrey, Elliott, and Barkley, but he definitely went from five, six to four for me.
0: Yeah, I think this puts him at five for me behind the main the McCaffrey, Elliott, Barkley, and I still got Kamara higher than him. I think this solidifies him as the fifth. I mean, yeah, now on that your you format. said it,
1: Scott, I, I might like cook more than Kamara. Oh, that's, that's a tough one
0: in standard leagues. Now answer me this guys in a standard league, Derek Henry or Dalvin cook. Hmm.
1: That's, that's, that's <laughs> rough. <isn't it? laughs> they, I think they, it's easy
0: in half PPR and full PPR, but in a, just a yeah. complete standard. I'm
1: yeah. going to go with my, uh, my Titans bias and just say Derrick Henry and make it easy on myself.
2: Yeah. They're both, both teams that run their offense through their guy. And it's one of those where I would go with Henry, I think, unless you could promise me that Dalvin Cook was going to be healthy all year, then I would go with Cook. But that's just such a question mark that I'd lead toward Henry in that situation.
1: That's true. I think I read something like he, Dalvin Cook has like not played as many games as he started since he's been in the league. And that seemed crazy to me. Well, he had an entire lost year. Not an entire lost year. It was like, week what,
0: game four or something. or something like that when he tore his ACL. Well, way to emphasize my point, Danny. <laughs> that's true. I guess <laughs> I did help. <laughs> I mean, I think that's tough because I think Derrick Henry's got more touchdown upside, but Dalvin Cook does more through the air. And I know that you don't get the points for
1: the catches in the standard, but the yards are still the yards. So,
0: I don't, I don't know. I something think that
1: I really like about Henry is he is one of the nicest uh, playoff schedules. I know it's looking way far ahead, and you got to assume – health and everything but you now if you want to just look at the upside henry's better there you
2: can't win if you don't have that positive attitude matt mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. so let's also talk about the tampa bay buccaneers trying to add as many old guys as they can <laughs> in the offseason they started with tuam tom brady and then they went to rob gronkowski and now they go to Lashawn mccoy
1: oh shady's with brady
0: Oh, look what you did! My goodness, he beat Scott to the dad joke a second week in a row. I think, but yeah, Shady's with Brady. I think they're gonna make shirts that say that. That's the most important question.
2: Yes, (laughs) I would buy one. Hell yeah!
0: (laughs) What does that do to Ronald Jones and or Keyshawn Vaughn and or the other five running backs on this team? Does it just make it
2: more muddied? Yeah, absolutely. I wasn't crazy about either the two with who to go with before this. Now you're just talking even more of a. When is McCoy going to get in there? Is he going to be like the try to pound it in? Is he going to be the pass down? Guy? I don't even know at this point. It's it just destroys sport of nonsense.
1: Destroys fantasy value for that whole running back core.
0: Matt, do you? Remember, I know you're in the same boat as me, Matt. You drafted Damian Williams in a couple of leagues last year, right? Yes, unfortunately. Um, and then Lashawn McCoy signed with the Chiefs, and you go, you got to be kidding me here. Yep, and it just ruined everything. I was getting really big on Ronald Jones. I really was. He was climbing, climbing, climbing. I think you even talked about him a little bit recently on the show. And I was liking Ronald Jones, and this is just a big poop bomb in my yeah. life.
1: I <laughs> didn't really like him that much to begin with, so this just kind of
0: <laughs> helps me out not
1: touching that running back. back and
0: LeSean <laughs> McCoy does not have any draft value. All he does is ruin other people's day, like he did me and Matt last year. Speaking of Damian Williams, we got Yo. some news on him. He is opting out. He's the biggest name, I think, to date, July 30th. He was opting out due to the coronavirus pandemic. And every fantasy player in the country went, oh my God, Clyde, where's the layer? What does that do to to Clyde now that Damian Williams opts out? So on that note, do you guys want to get into our
1: rankings? I think so, because looking at our consensus, that just pushed Clyde edwards Hilaire into the top 15, which we covered last episode. So That's we're gonna right, have to man. do a little bit of backtracking here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my
1: back- god, yeah. that was! I just felt like I went back in time, yeah. Danny. Yeah,
2: dude. Yeah. <laughs> Rewind. Oh
0: yeah. <laughs> so last week. Or earlier this week, we did our consensus one through 15 running back rankings. And today we're going to go from six, well, kind of 16. We're going to do the rest. We're going to talk not the rest of the running backs in the NFL, (laughs) but we're going to do the rest of what you're going to draft on your fantasy drafts. But we will start with Clyde Edwards, Alaire. now that Damian Williams has opted out uh, the chumps. Have Clyde Edwards Alaire slotted into our consensus number 14 spots with Matt and I have him all the way up at 13 and Scott with him at 16. So the big chatter in the fantasy world about Clyde Edwards Alaire is what round do you draft him? Where and what round do you draft him? Scott, where are you with Clyde Edwards Alaire now that he's the only well, is he the only guy? But you tell me. What are you doing? What
2: are you doing with Clyde Edwards ALaire? I know that he's been talked about by Reed as being he loves him. He's going to be the guy there of the future. Um, and obviously his stock just went up a lot once Williams opted out. But for me, with a rookie coming in, I feel like their approach to at least start is going to be a committee backfield just to get his feet under him, learn the system, and everything like that. And I don't know how long it's going to take if and when he becomes the sole three-down back guy for this season it depends on where I'm at in the draft. Is your RB2, it is one of those where it's like it, it could be perfectly fit for that if he's going, you know, as the RB13 for us. That'd probably be most people's second running back. Well, a lot of people have him go in the first round now. and That is where I would not take him. I would not yeah. take him as my RB1 because of what I just said, thinking they're going to at least start the season with a committee type of a situation where – He's going to get looks and carries, but I just don't have the confidence in him right away to be my RB1 for this season. I'm very
1: much with you there. I know Andy Reid has utilized committees commonly in the past, and they still have Darwin Thompson. You remember, he was hyped last year. They have Darwin Thompson there. I they got have, burned on that too. Yeah. They have Daryl Williams, who's even shown flashes. They have Elijah McGuire, who's come over. They have They have DeAndre Washington, who was hyped like two years ago. They got other guys that have at least been talked about in the fantasy realm. And so this rookie is just going to come in with a coach who's ran committees in the past, and they're not going to run a committee. It scares me a lot. You're drafting a lot of risk. I know he brings a lot of talent with him. right? But I'm probably going to stay away. I did move him up to thirteen. Because the potential's there, but there's risk tied to that potential.
0: Now, do you remember, though, this is very, very similar to what happened in 2017 with Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt was a rookie, and then Spencer Ware tore his ACL in the preseason, and then Kareem Hunt got launched up fantasy boards, and people were taking him at that 2-3 turn. And then he ended up winning the rushing title that year. So it can work out...
1: Two-three is a lot different than one-two turn.
0: It's, it's possible that he can win you your league. And I think both of you guys touched on the upside of Clyde Edwards-Alaire in this system with this quarterback with Andy Reid on the Kansas City Chiefs. It could be amazing, but where, it's just where you feel comfortable. I agree with both of you guys. First round, please stop it. Look at the rest of these running backs and wide receivers on this list. But where at what point do you say, okay, I'm going to pull the trigger
1: on him? Matt, what do you think? I think like you said. 2-3 turn where uh, Kareem Hunt went that one year. If I get I, yeah. Michael Thomas with, like, the number one overall in that 2-3 turn, I grab a couple stu- – like, oh, well, you get Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and, like, Fournette or Gurley. Like, whoa, oh, that's See, looking pretty good.
0: That's the thing. What you just said there is I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire can be your number one running back. I think that's possible, especially if you do what Matt just said. What if you took Michael Thomas at, like, number three or four or something like that? And then Clyde Edwards' lair came back around you and they did it at the end of the second round or something like that. That could be a really good idea. But he could fall to the third round. I don't think that's going to happen now. I think the hype has gone through the roof.
1: And I mean, there's risk, but there's reward. So if you want to take on that risk and you don't mind uh, if it doesn't pan out, hawking the waiver wire and really just trying to find something that fits afterwards, go for
2: it. You know, the guys we talked about on the last episode, there's just other proven guys that I think I would take before him if he was at kind of that late second round. Cause you still have pretty solid running backs at that point. But like you said, if it's at the turn and you grabbed a wide receiver high and you get two running backs pretty quick, you're not losing a lot of value because you're only a couple picks away from one or the other. Then I think that's when it might be worth the investment.
0: All right, moving on. So he was number 14 in our consensus rankings uh now that Damian Williams has opted out Leonard Fournette is number 15 and Austin Eckler is now number 16 in our rankings but we talked about them earlier this week on the last podcast so go ahead and turn off this podcast turn on the one from earlier this week again listen to that whole thing again absorb that information
2: I think we need the rewind noise again (laughs)
0: Oh, hello. Here we are now talking about number 17, Chris Carson of the Seattle Seahawks. Actually tied for 17th is Melvin Gordon and Chris Carson. But let's start with Chris Carson of the Seattle Seahawks. Now, last year, he did a great, great job. RB 12, 1,200 yards, 278 attempts. He actually was involved in the passing game. But the big question for me is his broken hip.
1: There's two big questions for me. One is the hip injury. How is he going to come back from that? And the other is signing Carlos Hyde. Hyde is not a huge chump himself. Like he has always been a very respectable running back who often gets overlooked in the NFL. I would love Chris Carson here if it wasn't for those two things. He would probably be in my top 10. So you're drafting some upside here. If he if he lands that starting role that bulk of the workload and he's the same Chris Carson he used to be, he's going to be a huge value here.
2: It's just, there's just so much risk in drafting him where he is, but not to reiterate too much, but if he stays healthy and is the lead guy, that is just a huge steal to get him where he's going if he puts up the similar numbers as he did last year.
1: There's also a a fumble risk with him. uh, Yeah. Pete Carroll has... As it's been known to sideline guys whenever they have the fumble issues, so you'd hate to see it, but that could always be a factor.
0: Yeah, Chris Carson, I am liking more and more if I can just get on board with a hip fracture. <laughs> for a running back having a hip fracture, they say all the talk coming out of Seattle camp is, no, Chris Carson's fine, Chris Carson's fine, but of course that's going to be the talk coming out of Seattle camp. But I'm hoping so much that that's true because I love Chris Carson. I love him. And it's just that if I can get over the broken hip thing, he's going to go higher up on my board. I've got him in my personal RB20, and that's the lowest out of the chumps, and I don't want it to be there. So I'm looking for any opportunity I can to move him up the list because he's so talented. He's on a Seattle offense that loves to run the ball. And I, to contrast Matt's point, I don't care about the Carlos Hyde signing
2: at all okay so your point it was just stupid and irrelevant i mean just just
0: forget it uh i think that was a rashad penny issue more so than a chris carson issue maybe a little bit of both but um he's tied with melvin gordon guys so who would you draft between them chris carson melvin gordon half ppr and you can't look at your rankings
2: i like i like melvin gordon i'll be honest i been a fan of him in the past and where he's at now the way i look at that whole situation is it's a young offense. Not a rookie quarterback, but, you know, only has, what, four games under his belt? Five games, whatever he played? Was it? Okay. Young. Essentially a veteran now. (laughs) Right. Jerry, Judy. I feel like he is the veteran that they're going to be leaning on to kind of stabilize that offense. And when things are getting shaky, he's going to be the one they call plays for. Just because he's done it, he's reliable, and I, I like him a lot. Again, the Lindsay thing is there, but I'm not too worried about Lindsay. I'm starting There's, to not worry about Lindsay either. I don't this, I don't know I, why. I was earlier. Yeah, but I'm I'm not as much. I think it's because Gordon, when I looked at it, he's got a bigger frame. He's done it. When you think about pass catching, goal line, he's better at every he's aspect. He's a better running back. He's a better yeah. talent.
1: He's better at each aspect well, of being a Lindsay running back. Lindsay has been the more impressive rushing talent throughout his career. The problem is that Lindsay's not very dynamic in the passing game, which is why you think they might move Melvin Gordon into more of a full down role instead of Lindsay. Impressive but- or surprising? I'd say both. Um, I'd have to look up his yards for attempt, but he's, he's had it's some outstanding. It's great. It's high force. Yes. It's high
0: force for the two years he's been in the league and right around just a little over 1,000 for
1: both. Yeah, he's had great seasons. And yeah, it is surprising, but it's, you can't take away the fact that they have been great rushing seasons. I know. And Shermer is an interesting head coach role here because he has had bell cowbacks in the past and he has had committees in the past. So what is he going to do when he has? two very capable running backs. I might think he leans towards a committee a little bit, which I'm not saying I don't like uh, Melvin Gordon here, but that committee risk is still prevalent. I
0: will say that on my rankings, I've got Melvin Gordon at 18 and Chris Carson at 20. And that just doesn't sit well with me for some reason, but Scott, I'm with you. I don't know why they're separating Gordon and, and, uh, Philip Lindsay in my head because Matt, you're right. Philip Lindsay has done nothing to prove that he's not anything but good, but why, why am I not getting on board? Why do I think this is just going to be Melvin Gordon's team? I don't, I don't know, but I will say this. We'll end on this with Melvin Gordon. On the weeks that he plays the LA Chargers, you have to start him <laughs> because he's going to get 45 touches and seven <laughs> touchdowns just to prove a point.
1: I think uh, Melvin Gordon certainly got paid to be the lead running back, which would be the biggest indicator, in my opinion, that he will get the lion's share of the carries. Right.
0: All right, let's move on to Le'Veon Bell, our number 19 consensus from the New York Jets. Guys, I'm much higher on Le'Veon Bell than you. I've got him all the way up at 15. You guys have him at 20 and 23. I don't know what your problem is. I uh, don't know maybe because he why has you do, know don't have to tell me
1: <laughs> the worst o line in the league potentially averaged like 3 yards per carry last year and they're not in a situation to really improve this year like you're not going to be stealing people out of the box from the passing game but what is going for him here and why i don't think he's a bad pick at 19 is that there's nobody else here. He had 20. Frank Gore?
2: Uh, Frank Gore is there. <laughs>
1: <Okay>. <laughs> no one not on Social Security is there. Damn! <laughs> but uh, he had like 20 and a half touches per game last year. And I don't see that changing. I'm not scared of Gore taking that away. And <laughs> volume is king in fantasy. And he's not going to get you top five running back numbers this year on that team. So I think he's a good value here. He's definitely a startable running back.
2: I like him where he's at. Didn't he finish his RB20 last year? 24. 24? Okay, so I've got him right at 20. And I I have him at 20 with great upside possibility. I know it's, like Matt just said, it's a bad team. They have a bad offense. But he still has that three down back capability. I don't know how much score is really going to take. I don't think it's going to be much in terms of volume. But is he going to take some goal line looks, which is the only real concern? And I'm on an offense that doesn't score much. If you lose any of those, that's a huge
0: loss. Two that's things. Two things. He's not in PPR leagues. Uh, he was RB 16, so I was wrong to say 24. But he had 66 catches. Second thing, the Frank Gore thing you're saying is is scary because Adam Gase is the head coach of the Jets. He had Frank Gore down in Miami and Adam Gase, whatever the smart football move that you could make, (laughs) Adam Gase will do the opposite of it. So the smart thing would be have Le'Veon Bell be your bell cow. So maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Frank Gore is going to be involved because good Lord, they'll always do the wrong thing. Yeah, even in his terrible year last year, he was RB16. I love Le'Veon Bell. He's involved everywhere. You guys, there's not much more to say than what you guys have already said. I think he's outstanding, and I think that O-line's
2: improved from bottom tier to higher bottom tier. And if, if he's, like I said, I have him as RB20. If you're a little more running back heavy in drafts, I mean, you're looking at him as your flex spot because you're already going to have a couple running backs and probably a wide receiver. So that's a, I think that's a pretty killer flex play. Number 20 in the consensus rankings is David Johnson of the Houston
0: Texans. Um, I've got him at 16. Matt, you've got him down there at 25, and Scott, you have him right in the between at 19. But what do you like or dislike
1: about David Johnson? I know I feel like uh, in my head I'm pretty excited about his situation here, but I definitely have him priced a lot lower than you guys, and I think that's because I like him, but I have to go on faith with him here. He hasn't looked good since like 2016 uh, with his stats, with how often he's been on the field, with anything. But I really like the new situation. It's an improved O-line. I think the price-to-risk ratio is there. He, I don't know if he'll return to 2016 David Johnson, but I, I like him. I'll probably target him right at this point in my drafts.
2: Yeah, I have Johnson at 19 and Bell at 20, and I literally have them at almost like identical synopsis-type situation. He's going to be the main guy there. There's not really anybody competing and I'm looking at him, if you're, if you're at the top of the draft, the one-two spot, and you're not going to be the person who chases one of the quarterbacks, if they're even still there at the turn, and you're not chasing the tight ends, and you go running back, running back, wide receiver in the first three rounds, he's going to be there for that turn to be a flex play, just like Bell. And that could be a killer flex play that could win you a league. Him or Bell, I think, as your running back three. Would just be amazing
1: if they do what I think they're capable of doing. The thing that scares me about you saying there's nobody else there is that there is the other D Johnson there. Yeah, he Dave is Johnson. The, he is there. And what I has really what's kept <laughs> David Johnson afloat the past few years since that monster year in sixteen has been his pass catching and is. Are some of these targets gonna be shifted Duke's way? I hope not. I don't want to see that happen. Well
0: speaking of targets, um 150 something targets are gone now, right? DeAndre Hopkins is is out of there, so that's a lot
1: of targets just to be distributed. And those are very different targets though. And they got Brandon Cooks now. He's gonna get some targets. It's not just like, oh, all of a sudden these wide receiver targets are going to get funneled to David Johnson. Oh, sure, sure. That would be wild, (laughs) wouldn't it?
2: (laughs) I mean, the fact that they just brought him in and traded Hopkins for him, I would have to think that he is going to be – a main facet of their offense they put
0: on tape from 2016 and you're like look who this guy is <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, oh bill o'brien
1: got real hyped
0: Le'Veon bell and david johnson are in a very similar group we know what they are back five years ago of how great they were and then they're in, now they're in different situations and it's like can they return to their former glory and that's why they're so close in our rankings but what do you guys say we take a break here and uh, stretch our legs and come back and we'll finish off the rest of these running back rankings? Y'all, i was just getting excited. Sounds good. <laughs> Put it on the back burner, Scott, all right? We will be right back, chumps. Welcome back, everyone, to the Chumps and Champs Fantasy Football Podcast. We are talking running backs. We got done with 1 through 15 last week, and now we are finishing out the rest of them. We talked about Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Chris Carson, Melvin Gordon, Le'Veon Bell, and David Johnson in the first part. Let's finish it off, but we will begin with Mark Ingram of the Baltimore Ravens as our consensus number 21. And Matt, you're a big fan.
1: I am. I think a lot of people are concerned that Dobbins is going to take a lot of work from him this year. But I mean, last year, he rarely saw more than 60% of the snaps in any single game. I think he's still the RB1 in this offense. He's still going to get those 15 touches per game. He's still going to be on the field that much, even with Dobbins there. Going in the early fourth round, I think that's that's a good value. He was definitely startable last year, a great running back two on your team. I'm going to be targeting him here.
2: I'm going to go a little bit on the reverse angle on that one. I think he maximized his production on his opportunities, and I don't know if he's going to repeat that now that they do have Dobbins there and they drafted a wide receiver. I think their offense is going to be a little better. Replicating that seems, I don't want to say far-fetched, but it seems unlikely. Plus, they got a guy that I feel like they're going to work in this system. Now that Ingram is, what, 30 years old, it's not like he's some spring chicken here, fellas. Hey,
1: I'm 32, sir. <laughs> What's wrong I, with maximizing your attempts? He had oh, no, five, he, did, he had five yards per carry last year. That was great. I think he did great last year. I don't think he's going to do it again. That's
2: my point.
0: Now, 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 now. He had five yards per attempt about, yeah, last year, but also over the last four years. <laughs> he's yeah. constantly outproducing his ADP. But you cannot, Scott, I, I understand what you're saying. You cannot ignore J.K. Dobbins, who is going to be the future. This is Mark Ingram's last year in Baltimore. Oh, you're just going to say that
1: he's a rookie. He's not proven at all yet.
0: You're no, just gonna say, no. Oh,
1: yeah, he's going he's gonna to be the man over Ingram.
0: He's going to be. No, no, no. He's going to be the future. I mean, after this season, mm-hmm. J.K. Dobbins is the guy. Because Mark Ingram's almost definitely not going to be a Raven next year. But for this year... I Matt before he shouted at me. I, I I agree. I really like Mark Ingram for the things he said. Yards per t- he's constantly really really good and he's constantly ignored. He's just he's disrespected. As is twenty one too low for the starting running back on a team that runs the ball a million times.
1: He got over a thousand yards last year on two hundred carries. I think he gets to two hundred carries again this year, and he could damn near snip a thousand yards again. And that's a bargain at this point in the draft. So,
0: Scott, why don't you just take a look at yourself in the mirror, okay? (laughs) Tell us what you see. I don't
1: think he's bad. I just think there's a couple guys
2: after him that you have (laughs) that I would put before him. I know, I know. Well, who are those guys, Scott? Well, let's see. It's no, (laughs) we'll get there. (laughs) Let me start the list.
0: (laughs) Number 22 on the consensus rankings for the Chumps is James Conner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Scott,
2: do you like James Conner better? I didn't before, but I like him a little more after I was looking at stuff and the so, research. So begin, begin, Scott. What do you like about James Conner this year? It all depends on if he's healthy. I think he showed what he was capable of a couple of years ago when Big Ben was there, when the offense was cracking. I do think he has that capability if he's healthy. He was RB nine through eight weeks last year before he got hurt, and especially with the price he's going now. I mean, you're looking at him as your. RB3 slash flex with might be a stretch, but the possibility of a RB1 type numbers.
1: I agree. He's a bargain if he stays healthy, but he's never been on the field for 16 games in a season. It's scary. Oh, I know it's,
0: frust- it's, it's scary, but it's also super frustrating. He's
1: also be- never had a thousand yard rushing season. Because and he you- keeps getting hurt. Because he keeps getting hurt. And I've seen players get a thousand yards in 13 games or so.
0: Yeah, but he has 13 games played, but if you add up the actual time in the games, because he plays a game well, That's he more
1: concerning, you're saying that
0: like No, 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 it says 13 games for James Conner, but if you add up all the time he's on the field it's like 7 because he's constantly injured and I agree, the injury is super concerning for me If you were to confirm that he could play 16 games this year, he's blasting up my draft board
1: but Yeah, he's always been what in the fours with his average per attempt, and that's I think that's a good number to be around. I'd like to see more TDs, and I'd like to see health. I think he is going to be a bargain if he can stay healthy. Let's let's hope we see it.
0: Yeah, that's that's the big thing. It could be
2: easily a wasted pick if he continues to be injured. So, just real quick, where did you guys have Ingram on your list, just as a reference for me? He is
0: my number twenty-three, and according to what I've got in front of me, Ingram is. Actually, both of you guys is
2: 21. Oh, okay. Um, so twenty one. I, I didn't realize I had them right where you do, Matt. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. We're not that far off, I guess. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, just for the sake of screaming I'd- at each other.
2: I just realized, I looked at it, I went, wait a minute, 21?
0: What the hell do you guys have him as? In, in the last episode, I think I was like defending somebody that I had way further down the rankings. So you guys were like blasting him when you guys had him the highest. It happens. What That's the
1: best do? thing about these rankings episodes is you really find out what you truly think yeah. about some of these players. You're not, you're not worried about the rankings anymore. You're just speaking your heart out.
0: Speaking of speaking your heart out, I think at the end of the show last week, Uh, we talked about in this show, like, Hey, is there somebody that you guys are eyeballing and Scott, you mentioned David Montgomery. Yeah. And he is our consensus number 23. So Scott, would you like to begin on why you like
2: David Montgomery? Sorry. I'm picking on you to begin constantly, but he was your your boy. I, I definitely like it. I know we've talked in past episodes with the breakdown on this conference, everything. He was on a bad offense that somehow went eight and eight i don't again (laughs) i'll never understand i will never they they didn't score a a tremendous amount or seem to move the ball and he had very respectable numbers as a rookie so it's one of those to where the volume is gonna be there i have no reason to believe it wouldn't be there again this year he's going at a mid rb3 adp so if he's my flex or something I think he's going to be a steal there. I'm predicting him to finish at RB like 18 this year. That's kind of where I see him finishing. And I know we talked about how he wasn't in the passing game a lot before. I think he's going to be incorporated more. Again, it was his rookie year. I think they know what they got. And since he was actually decent, especially if a Foles is there or playing as the starter, I think it opens it up for him more. And I think he's more incorporated into the passing offense as well.
1: I think he averaged about 17 carries per game last year, and I think they're going to be depending on him more this year for not only the run, but yeah, Foles, I think we'll have a better pocket presence and be able to check down to David Montgomery uh, more often and more efficiently. Uh, it's going to be tough if their passing attack doesn't get better with Foles uh, or Trubisky or whoever's starting and he has to face more sack boxes. But I could see him, uh, you know, like scraping out a thousand yards this year. I think uh, if if that's the case, he's a bargain here.
0: Yeah, he was he was pretty crappy last year. Uh, <laughs> that's that's how I'm gonna begin. And I love David Montgomery, but he was pretty crappy last year. Three point seven yards per carry is not very good. Uh, but he was a rookie, and even with that, he had the volume, and he finished as RB twenty four on the season, which is a low end RB two. So if that's the worst he's going to do, there's no one challenging him for carries there. Tree Cohen's not going to be, that's not what he's going to do. It's going to be the David Montgomery show.
1: I can certainly see him sniffing 20 carries a game. And that is awesome. Absolutely. These days. Oh my God. That's unbelievable. Better at scoring. He's going to have touchdown
2: opportunities because there's no like goal linebacker. That's going to steal those from him either.
0: Did you guys see the scare of Nick Foles a couple days ago? No. I didn't um know. there were there's a rumor that he was going to opt out due to coronavirus. Um no. the Chicago Beat Writers were saying it. And- you know what they say, <laughs>
1: fool me once, shame on you, all oh, my Lord. way twice. Oh,
0: Jesus, hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> but those rumors got squashed by uh the Foles camp and they're like I don't know where that even came from. So We still got our quarterback competition on our hands between Trubisky and Foles and Do you think it was uh, Trubisky's mom just trying (laughs) to stir the pot? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm a big fan of Dave Montgomery. I think he's gonna he's a post-hype sleeper if you've ever seen one before. But he was our consensus number twenty-three. We got a tie for our running back twenty-four on the chumps rankings between Jonathan Taylor, the rookie from the Colts, and Raheem Mostert. From the 49ers let's start with jonathan taylor uh wisconsin running back who just dominated in college and now he goes to a Colts team that has arguably the best offensive line in the league again so matt your highest out of the chumps on jonathan taylor so why don't you start
1: i uh, i think you pretty much covered it right there they have arguably the best O line in the league. He's coming into a great situation. Marlon Mack, though. <laughs> I think Marlon Mack's still a good pick late because he he will start the season, in my opinion, without any preseason. They're not going to be able to see Jonathan Taylor on the field and what he can do at first. He's going to have to be that running back that you draft with a little bit of faith and are willing to roster him on your bench for a while. Uh but I think he's going to blossom pretty well this year.
2: I know that Taylor got huge you know, talk when it was coming to the draft, he was the most complete back in the draft. And I'm not disagreeing with that one bit. He is probably my favorite pick if you're in a dynasty league, because I see him being the next, my, my comparison with him is Barkley. I see him being just a beast, getting a lot of carries and just being that guy who really excels in every facet. But this year, Mac was too good last year to just demote and just brush aside. I mean, and now the fact that they have Rivers there, they're going to be a better team. I have to think that, I, I think they have to split time for a majority of the season. I don't think you can just downgrade Mac to being irrelevant at any point, even with Taylor there, unless he just comes in and just somehow blows it up which i don't see yeah there's
1: no way taylor's just going to be the guy out of the gate he's going to have to earn his touches but i think he has the potential to earn those touches in indy this year so be patient with him if you draft him
0: yeah the talent and that's what i am saying the talent's going to show pretty quickly i feel and i don't think i'm touching jonathan taylor unless he's going to be my rb3 for the exact reason that matt just touched on I'm too scared in the, at the running back position, the most important position for fantasy. I'm too scared to, to take him as my number two RB when I don't think he's going to start that, that well. But if I can wait and wait and wait, and I've got two studs at running back and Jonathan Taylor is my third one, I will do that then. Absolutely, because he can win you a league. If he does take over that role in that offense and with Phillip Rivers in that offensive line, and you are in a good position halfway through the season. He can take you to stardom. He could be an absolute fantasy winner there. So I, I don't mind it. I don't mind him being that high for you, Matt. I think you were looking at this very optimistically, but that's not to say that it's irrational or illogical
1: at all. And at this point, I'm I had already drafted running backs before him. He's certainly not going to be my RB one. Hopefully, my RB three if I draft him. That's going to be a a tough situation in drafts, but I hope it happens. I'd be interested in rostering him. Raheem Mostert was
0: tied for 24th with Jonathan Taylor. Uh, He just signed?
1: What did he do? No, he reported.
0: No, he signed. No, he signed.
1: He got a a big bonus, I think a quarter of a million bonus, and then he had a lot of incentives added to his contract because the big thing was he wanted to get – Paid what Tevin Coleman is getting paid there because most are really the second half of the season just blew him out of the water. Um, and now with his incentives, he can earn more than Tevin Coleman. So I love this situation. He's still playing for a big contract. And this year alone, he's playing to make more than Tevin Coleman, who he thinks he's better than, which I think he is better than. So he's, I mean, he's motivated. He's super motivated. And he's been great, averaged like over six yards per attempt. That's insane. And I don't know, this offense is great. Is that sustainable,
0: though? Is that six yards per attempt sustainable?
1: Uh, Who knows? Um, Shanahan's there. He's still calling the plays. They should still be run heavy. I like this situation a lot. I think he's going to be a steal here. I'm actually probably going to move him up in my rankings.
2: Yeah, like you said, when he came on at the end of the season last year, the last six games when he was kind of the – I don't think he was the main guy kind of the last seven, maybe eight, but the last six games he really started to come on strong. He had, And I'm pretty sure I looked at a standard league when I was looking at these numbers. Three of those six, he was over 20 points, and they were all over 10 points in a standard league, which is – I mean, if you're getting 10 points out of a running back every week in a standard league, that's pretty solid because any week they get a touchdown – they're going to be in the 15-18 to mark, which is going to be killer. And if you're getting him as your RB3 here, that's insane. He didn't have a whole lot in the past game, which is one, I guess, little knock, not even that it's that much. Like you said, Matt Shanahan, he's always been a little weird with running back approach. Unpredictable. A little unpredictable. So that's the only kind of concern is, is he going to get all the carries? Is he going to be the lead back the whole year?
1: Which – I think, he, I think he will be. But. I think the, the faith in them giving him a $250,000 signing bonus with a bunch of incentives, like, it doesn't sound like that payday that uh, Mahomes got or anything like that, but this shows this team is invested in him. And, and they're like, yeah, I think you are the guy. Prove it to me one more year and then earn that big-ass contract. And I think the team has faith in him. He has motivation to do well. This is just a great situation for a high performance this year.
0: I don't like it.
2: And you you say they were a run-first offense. And this is a team with a top defense, so they're going to be running the ball a lot. That's another I don't, big thing.
0: I don't like them.
2: And I, I, do,
0: I do, but I don't think I like them as much as you boys. Um, not to throw a wet blanket on this. On this heat. Well, I feel damp, sir. Yeah, well. <laughs> I, I mean, let's just all take a break. Let's all easy on Raheem Mostert. I mean, this is a guy that is on his, what, seventh NFL team, 28 years old. I know it's not that bad, but he, I mean, we talk about small sample size. Yeah, he was dynamite. He was amazing, and I'm not going to take that away from him. He was amazing towards the end of the year, but you guys already touched on this. this is a Oh, I'm sorry, small sample size.
1: Kenny and Drake. The- 2018, he averaged 7.7 yards per carry on 34 rushes. (laughs) (laughs) I take it back.
0: No, I do like Mostert's potential. I think it's, and yes, it's a running first system, but Tevin Coleman is a good running back. He's not a bad running back at all. Tevin Coleman's there. Jarek McKinnon, remember, I know it's hard to talk about Jarek McKinnon in the fantasy world because the guy hasn't played football since, here, I, since I Get was in diapers. <laughs> but they are paying him a lot of money, and they've kept him on the team going, okay, you better do something.
1: So on do you the- think the fact that Tevin Coleman is one year younger than Raheem Mostert but has probably eight times the amount of carries in his NFL career makes it's him – so valuable. It's a valuable year. <laughs> Do you think I think the wear and tear is heavier on Tevin Coleman at this point?
0: No, no, no. I am saying that most are is just jumped between teams cuz teams are like, "Oh, you're not that good. Oh, you're not that good. Oh, you're not that good." Oh, yeah. The we Diamond yeah, and we know the you Rough. <laughs> <Yeah. Danny. laughs> and you may be right. You absolutely may be right. I just think that this is a little early for me to take somebody on such a small sample size on what I'm going to deem to be a Mostly committee with Shanahan in the 49ers, a great overall running running back core, just like kind of in Baltimore, but to where I think it may be. This is so distributed that you early. may not return
1: value. This is in the sixth round in twelve-team leagues, the seventh round in ten-team leagues. are is a bargain there. Yucky. Well, who else are you taking
0: there? uh yeah, uh, so name some names i'll tell you if i take him over
1: raheem, raheem mustard let's see let me bring up the adp
2: we're gonna play a little game while he's doing that i'm just want to mention yeah go the, ahead the diamond in the rough comment who else is gonna watch aladdin after this I was- <laughs> <laughs> um i turned on aladdin
0: for my son in the first scene with the tiger that comes out of the sand uh made him absolutely terrified and he's like we're done with aladdin <laughs> and i'm like man Okay, I get it. All right, I'll
1: give you the, the two players right before Mostert. So it's 63, 64, 65 is okay. Deshaun Watson, Cortland Sutton, or Raheem Mostert. So three different oh, positions. Well,
0: that's tough from different positions. Well, that's very, very much dependent on your team makeup in the prior rounds. Can you give me running backs that are close? Oh, no. The next, the <laughs> no. next running
1: back after Mostert is Swift. I like and- Mostert more. The last, I like Mostert more. Ooh, there's a Mostert. lot of people that get before, and then it's Jonathan Taylor like we just discussed before him. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people in there. There's a lot in this gap. There's like so, so Darren maybe, Waller, AJ Green beforehand, and there's like McLaurin, uh, Jarvis Landry, Ingram afterwards. Uh, So it's a, it's an interesting tier. I think Mostert is the most sure out of all these guys I'm saying, besides Deshaun Watson, if you want your QB early. I mean, Corlin uh, Sutton. Sutton's, good yeah yeah
0: um i may have misspoke when i said he's not a
1: good value
0: maybe maybe that was the wrong term i'm Ooh. just he makes me very well, nervous. hey play that
1: rewind noise again danny's back
0: <laughs> i think that mostert is the best value of the fantasy football year. <laughs> <laughs> anyway raheem mostert and jonathan taylor retire for 24 let's start grouping these guys Number 26 is Kareem Hunt, 27 is Devin Singletary, 28 is Cam Akers, 29 is DeAndre Swift, and 30 is James White. Now, out of that group, is there anyone that stands out to you from a value standpoint, from a upside standpoint? When it comes to your draft, out of that group, who do you like? I do
2: like Singletary, just because he was getting 19 touches a game after week seven last year. The problem is he's got low touchdowns. And then next to that, in my notes, I just have Allen ruins everything. Yeah, because he just, just decided, never mind, I'll do it. Yeah. And, and Moss being there, is he going to lose some goal line touches? That's the, the one concern. And you've already got Allen trying to do that. So I, I like Singletary being the main down back. He's going to get touches, but it's just, is he going to score? And obviously, in fantasy, that's so crucial.
1: Yeah, I got to say, I don't love a lot of guys in this tier just because I, I had written down in my notes, it's like right around the 27 mark is where I see an obvious line drawn in these RB rankings. And I, I had Singletary above Kareem Hunt in my rankings, so I kind of grouped Singletary into a more sure thing. But what uh, Scott just said is there is risk already, but then Hunt, Acres, Swift, down, like you're – you're already getting into the, I'm not sure what these guys' workloads are going to be. Obvious talent, obvious upside, but, uh, I mean, Hunt, you got Chubb there. Akers, who knows in LA right now. Swift is intriguing, but Carry On, I think, started showing some stuff at the end of last year. Man, if they drop a little bit, I know they're upside. I might reach, or sorry, not reach, but take one if they drop a little bit and just see what happens but i'm not excited about any of these guys.
0: Yeah, i think Kareem Hunt in half and full PPR is worth it there. I think he is. In in standard it's tougher. Uh i like Devin Singletary quite a bit, but Scott already touched on the lack of touchdown potential just because of who's around him. I'm growing less and less concerned about Zach Moss and i don't know why. I'm just i'm not Devin Singletary towards the end of the season showed that he's capable in that offense. But what do you guys think before we move on from this little group about James White now that Cam Newton has signed? And I'm going to assume that he's going to get the starting role because I keep chatting like it's not going to happen, but you got to be kidding me. Um, Now that Cam Newton is going to be the starting quarterback of the Patriots, does
1: James White climb up your rankings a little bit because he's capable? I think it's either James White or Sony Michael or Michelle that are going to have the. Split carries. I don't. I think they're both great in their own aspect, and you're going to struggle to find the right game to play. Which one is going to succeed that week in fantasy? And it's going to be that typical New England. Ugh.
0: But especially since all of their defense is opting out. Yeah. I mean, not all of it, but good lord, just constantly New England players. Maybe their defense won't be as good, and that
2: means maybe a little bit more of them dump offs. James White, Scott, what do you think? I definitely don't think i'm touching new england's running backs just because i don't know what they're doing this year i don't know if they're gonna go to a little more run heavy this
1: year any year
2: right well true even more this year because this is the first time in what 17 years brady isn't there so
0: In, in what world will you guys draft any patriots uh not named julian edelman is cam Newton the only one
2: it's got to be pretty low for White or Michelle to fall to where you're like, I've already got four running backs. Might as well just take a
1: stab at one of them. I, I was kind of hyped on Sony Michelle last year. I thought he was going to take a larger role, and it didn't happen. I don't, I might have had him in one league. I'm still sour
0: on it. James White, we have him at 30, and that's right, really in the middle of where we all have him right around that 30 mark. And this is the point where you're looking at rankings and what you would actually draft in a different light. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah. Like, we have our rankings here, and I've got James White sitting there at 30 in between DeAndre Swift and Jordan Howard and blah, 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 blah. But I view them with upside and er, ceiling and basement in a very, very different way when it comes to draft night. Sorry, Matt, go ahead.
1: I'm just going to say before we move on from this tier, I I think we kind of skipped over Cam Akers, but I think he has maybe the most upside out of anyone in this group. I think he has the least competition ahead of him. I don't think, I know Henderson was a third round pick in 19, but I see Cam Akers this year as a second round pick as a a sign that they they don't have faith in Henderson. I think he is real competition to get that starting role and speculative pick maybe, but high upside definitely.
0: Number 31 in our consensus rankings is Jordan Howard. Number 32 is Ronald Jones. Number 33 is J.K. Dobbins. 34 is Keyshawn Vaughn. And 35 is Marlon Mack of the Colts. Now, there's a couple of Buccaneers in there, and we just talked a little bit about Shady McCoy signing.
1: Oh, boy. I think they both they're both undraftable for me i don't have faith in anything
0: undraftable that's that's big
1: i think these are these are free agent waiver wire keep your eyeballs on guys now including shady Okay.
2: god
0: you you agree
1: yeah i've looked at different
2: places and one of them has one guy as the starter and then the other reference doesn't so i was like i wasn't confident either of them before this and now there's no way in hell I'm touching these guys unless it's the end of the draft and it's just like, all right, well, I have no one else to draft. Why not take a sixth running back and just hope to God he lands and steals points for me. Now we know you love Ronald Jones. So
1: I
0: did. I did until today. Like today is when I think the shady news came out and it's just, it's the same thing that happened with Damian Williams last year. I was really big on Damian Williams. And then, well, Sean McCoy, to me, does not have draft value, does not have fantasy value, other than ruining my day when it comes to the guy that I like. He ruins Ronald Jones's, like basement, his ceiling, everything about him. So, I think I'm going to move him down after the news today.
1: So, I had a good question about this tier. Um... Two guys that I think are in similarly interesting situations, Jordan Howard and Marlon Mack. I think they are both running backs that are going to start the season with the lead role at running back, but they risk losing it throughout the year. What do you guys think about them? Who do you like more at this point in the draft? Who would you rather have? Howard. Absolutely. I think Howard has less chance of losing it
2: in terms of like, what you just said. I think Howard's the your better pick to hold on to for the year because he could be your flex guy with upside. That's kind of where I have him slated.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'd have to agree. And obviously as consensus, we have him ranked above Marlon Mack. Um, I don't think, I think Breed is a super talented running back, but he's had his injury issues and who knows what's going to happen. But I don't think it's outside the realm of possibilities that Breed could overcome Howard. If, The right dominoes fall in the right order.
0: Yeah, maybe. And Jordan Howard, remember, Jordan Howard has been a great fantasy running back. Not Excel, but he's been great. He's been, when he's on the field, he's really, really good. He was like that in Philadelphia as well. I see Jordan Howard losing that job much less likely than I see Marlon Mack because I see it, Marlon Mack losing the job as like a certainty.
2: I have a question for you guys. Uh, We just kind of mentioned all three running backs. We have Taylor, Dobbins, and Swift. Who do you think has the greatest chance of being the lead back three down guy on their team by the end of the year? Taylor. Taylor. See, I'm, I'm leaning towards Swift, and that's where I see his upside like we said, I feel like Mac was, he had too good of a year to just cast him aside. No, I don't and think Car- he's carry carry cast aside. Did, he had a good year too, but I just feel like Swift has the better potential to be the main guy. If you're a Lions running back, you,
0: I mean, I'm afraid of deciding that a Lions running back is going to be the guy because they just don't do that. But I also think that Jonathan Taylor is the best talent running
2: back out of that group of three. Oh, I'm not disagreeing with that. I think he's the best talent. I just think Mac is better than carry on. That kind of leads me to believe where I'm, where I'm at with that stance. I I can definitely see what you're
0: saying. So that was our top 35 of our running back consensus rankings. Now, is there anyone from number 36 on that you guys want to talk about that you are eyeballing come draft time?
1: Well, right at number 36 is Darius guys who I think has, as much upside as many of these people, but there are just too many things that are weighing him down, which is why he's down here. They got a lot of other players there. Adrian Peterson being one. Yeah, he's old, but they got a number of other running backs competing for risks or for, sorry, carries (laughs) and uh, it's Washington uh, at the same time. So it's going to be tough for him to be fantasy relevant. Scott, what do you think? I
2: agree. I'm, I'm not really big on anybody beyond this point, but I see the potential upside in guys because he's got the first shot at being the guy and who knows what could happen. I know we all talked about Washington isn't great and guys has played five games in three seasons due to injury. So it's not like he's a very dependable situation, but at that point in the draft, Why not throw a dart? I think he has the most upside from anybody else at that point.
0: Yeah, there's two guys I want to mention. One is Latavius Murray. Um, I think he's awesome. He's our consensus number 40. I think he's such a good talent. And I know he's got Alvin Kamara sitting in front of him. But if he ever got the shot, holy geez, he's going to win you. He's going to win you leagues. But other than that, someone further down, our consensus number 54 is Antonio Gibson of the Washington football team. Oh, <laughs> man. Yeah, like that. I love Darius Geis, just like you guys. I really do. I think Darius Geis is a sleeper if I've ever seen one, because if he can stay healthy, his talent is endless. But I think Antonio Gibson has this ability. He can play wide receiver. He can play running back. He's going to get added into the system, whether Geis is healthy or not. And if guys were to go down, Matt, you touched on this, I think. Adrian Peterson is not the answer anymore because it's not 2008. Uh, Antonio Gibson has a lot of upside, and you can get him at the very end of your draft. We're talking, I mean, he's not going to cost you anything, and he could be a big fantasy producer. Matt, you're making a nasty face. You don't agree.
1: I just got a little bit of back pain. But uh, one thing I did, maybe maybe he pooped. (laughs) <laughs> One thing I did want to bring up was uh you mentioned Latavius Murray, or consensus forty, who has high upside with an injury to Alvin Kamara, but also tied for consensus forty is Philip Lindsay, who I think not only has a lot of upside if Melvin Gordon had an injury, but also has a, a decent shot at a uh, startable workload even with Melvin Gordon healthy. So. At the same draft point, I kind of like Philip Lindsay a little bit more than Latavius Murray. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I really do, because I could be easily... I just
0: made a bunch of proclamations about Philip Lindsay not being nearly as good as, as Melvin Gordon, but the Broncos think that he's fine. I mean, he has been fine, so he's going to get that work. And I think you're right, Matt. Like, Alvin Kamara in the mix... And that, that has a ceiling cap for Latavius Murray, but Lindsey, we have no idea what his workload is going to be. So that could be a better pick. Scott, do you agree?
2: Yeah, and thinking about it, I'm pretty sure I had Latavius Murray way higher than anybody else did, and I just now realized it. I think, This guy. I think I beside him. Hunt, 33. he's your best. Yeah, he's your best handcuff in the league. He did so well when Kamara was out. I feel like they will try to integrate him, even when Kamara is there and healthy. So I do think he has value and could have standalone value. And like you said, Matt, with any injuries to Kamara, that would be just a dynamite guy to have in your bench. Kamara was struggling a lot with little nagging injuries last year. So, I mean, I hope that's not the case because he's too talented. You want to see a guy like that be successful. But if that is the case again... Yeah, Murray, is he's going to get you some points. If we want
1: to start talking handcuffs, we can start talking handcuffs. No, Matt, I know you don't like handcuffs. I know you hate it. No, I want to bring up a couple great handcuffs that I think they're not as sexy of names and maybe not as relevant without the injury, but we're talking handcuffs, so I'm going to talk a handcuff. If the number one guy gets injured, this guy is going to get a lot of work, and that is number 53 consensus, Tony Pollard if zeke goes down tony pollard is going to be a stud and that is dirt cheap you can get him probably the last round of your draft if you don't want that high upside flyer pick handcuff tony pollard unless the zeke owner gets him or if you're the zeke owner i guess you can be safe and do that whole thing and then even farther down the that is number 57 AJ Dillon. Dillon. Yeah. Yeah. I was ask. And uh, he's also, I think he has kind of the upside like Latavius Murray has, or even Hunt has. Like I think he different running back, yes. But he's gonna get carries still with Aaron Jones there. And who knows what could happen, especially if Aaron Jones goes down.
0: Now we know your disdain. Not no, not disdain. Disdain's maybe the wrong word, but you're not a big fan of Kenyon Drake at where he is. What about Chase Edmonds? Meh. Nee. Nee. <laughs> meh, <laughs> <laughs> meh, never said <laughs> okay. Okay, okay. Also, Alexander Madison, I think he's great too. Dalvin Cook got an injury history, so maybe, but boys, we did it. The running back rankings are complete. Yay, Yay. Yay. <laughs> we did it. There you go. Next week, correct me if I'm wrong, boys, but we've got a mock draft early next week is that i believe we're doing deck? half
1: ppr now huh
0: half ppr the correct formats for anyone who's listening it's yeah. not a yes it's a correct that's the correct
1: one is half ppr i'm gonna keep referring it referring to it as the baby bear format. To the baby bear
0: <laughs> the baby bear format the perfect bear format the half ppr format we're gonna mock draft that on monday and then after that, we keep going with our rankings. But, guys, we're so close to draft season. I'm just too excited for this. Oh, my goodness gracious.
1: Mm-hmm. The yeah. only thing better than draft season is preparing for it with mock draft season.
0: Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Get all of our content at champspodcast.com Thank you so much for sticking around with us. We will see you for the mock draft next episode. Thanks, Chumps. Oh,
1: boy. See you, boys.